It's Wednesday, May 4th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Abortion rights advocates rallied in Baltimore last night as fallout continues from the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion on Roe v. Wade. And some legal experts say Maryland could become a destination for abortion services. The state has surpassed the 5% positivity rate for COVID as daily cases continue to top 1,000. In Baltimore County, the council decided to hold off on establishing a police accountability board. And after nearly two years of remote education, county schools are struggling to get a handle on in-school violence and bullying. It's The Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The state's COVID-19 positivity rate surpassed 5% earlier this week. As of today, it's at 5.33%. State health officials continue to report more than 1,000 new daily cases. 219 people are hospitalized with COVID. 92% of people aged 5 and older have received at least one vaccine. Dozens of people in Baltimore rallied in front of the city's federal courthouse last night, protesting the Supreme Court draft ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade. Activists chanted, my body, my choice, and carried signs reading, abortion is health care. Lynn McCann of the Baltimore Abortion Fund said abortion is normal and a right. We will not stop fighting until we all are free. McCann also said abortion bans are racist and disproportionately harm low-income and queer people. Denise Gilmore of Baltimore Women United says if Roe is overturned, those who need abortions will come to Maryland. But we know that it's going to leave a ton of folks out who just don't have access to, you know, pick up and leave and travel to go to another state to get, you know, the, the necessary health care they need. And that's, that's what's so scary. Protesters were joined by State Senator Shelley Hedelman and Delegate Samuel Rosenberg. Last night's rally followed a nationwide sea of outcry from lawmakers, abortion providers, and others who support abortion rights, and cheers from abortion rights opponents. One Maryland legal expert says the right to abortion is not the only thing in jeopardy. University of Baltimore School of Law professor Kimberly Whaley says this decision will disproportionately hurt low-income women, forcing them to carry pregnancies to term or perform risky abortions that lead to illness or death which in my mind is clearly a serious invasion of bodily integrity. Speaking with WYPR's Midday, Whaley says overturning Roe poses a threat to other unenumerated rights, like same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, teaching your child a language that isn't English. So Americans could be in for a really rude awakening with this court when it comes to rights that we just assume are off-limits from government intervention. Whaley says this court's draft ruling is not wholly surprising. Recently, the court has not blocked new laws in several states that ban abortions. The Baltimore County Council Monday night put off for several weeks a vote on how it's going to set up a police accountability board. WYPR's John Lee reports it comes after activists questioned whether the board, as proposed, would do little to hold the police department accountable. The Police Accountability Board would receive public complaints about police misconduct, hold regular meetings with law enforcement, and recommend policy changes. County Council Chairman Julian Jones says amendments are being considered to the legislation, so they delayed a vote. And give us an opportunity to let the public see the changes that have been proposed. Lorena Diaz with the Baltimore County Coalition for Police Accountability applauds the delay, but she says it's scary not knowing what changes the council's considering. 
how much more watered down could they could they get this bill to, you know? The Coalition for Police Accountability wants the board to also have subpoena and investigatory powers and paid members. John Lee, WIPR News. Maryland's 211 program has been expanded. Citizens are allowed to report hate crimes, and the program widens multilingual access to services and support, such as housing and health care. Marylanders are now also able to text MD Stop Hate to 898 211 to file a report. Governor Hogan says that 211 Maryland provides support in more than 150 languages and is available 24 7. More information can be found at 211MD.org. Governor Larry Hogan called on the Republican Party to course correct in a speech last night at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. WIPR's Rachel Bay reports. In the nearly 30 minute speech, Hogan criticized Maryland and Washington Democrats while touting his approach to politics as a model for the GOP. Americans are not tired of freedom and democracy. They're tired of failed leadership. They haven't given up on the values that make our nation great. They're just fed up with politicians who put their interests before America. The Republican executive said the party won't regain the White House by nominating Donald Trump again or, quote, a cheap impersonation of him. We do it by nominating a candidate who speaks to the majority of Americans who are completely fed up and ready for a change. Hogan, who is term limited, has previously said he is considering running for president in 2024. Rachel Bay, WYPR News. State and local leaders gather to break ground today on a new mental health facility in West Baltimore. The 2,100-square-foot Keys Community Healing Village will include computer labs, a recreation room, a cafeteria, a playground, as well as other community amenities. In addition to health services, the organization will also provide job training and fitness programs. There's a move underway to unionize workers at the Apple Store in the Towson Town Center Mall. Organizers informed the company's CEO in a letter asking for better working conditions. The workers reportedly want Apple to address work scheduling and better wages for senior employees. If successful, the Towson Apple location would become the second store to form a union. The state of Maryland is hosting a career fair tomorrow in Baltimore. Anyone who's in the market for a new job is invited to attend. The event is from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the 5th Regiment Armory. Folks should bring their resume, dress appropriately, and be ready for an interview. A Baltimore City resident was the winner of the state's Vax Cash 2.0 grand prize drawing. It was a million-dollar prize just for getting the COVID-19 booster shot. Congratulations to all of the winners. A leaked draft of a Supreme Court ruling that would overturn the landmark 1973 abortion ruling, Roe v. Wade, has unleashed scathing reaction from abortion rights advocates and cheers from abortion rights opponents nationwide. WYPR's Callan Tanzel Suddeth has more on the reaction from legal experts and lawmakers in Maryland. Comptroller and Democrat gubernatorial hopeful Peter Francho called the draft decision a, quote, travesty. Abortion is a health care. Uh, uh, it's a woman's 
constitutional right to choose whether she wants to have an abortion or not. And uh, I consider it settled law, and it's very disruptive to, uh, at this point, overturn uh, decades of settled law. He and fellow Democrat gubernatorial candidate John King both said as governor they would reintroduce legislation to encode a person's right to an abortion in Maryland's Constitution. During a joint press conference with his running mate Michelle Siri earlier today, King said it would be at the top of their agenda if elected. A constitutional amendment would provide even stronger protection. Uh, there was a proposal in the General Assembly this year uh, to put that on the ballot. Um, unfortunately, right, unfortunately, that didn't move forward, but, but, but we would make that happen. Republican gubernatorial hopeful Kelly Schultz's campaign issued a statement earlier that read in part, the candidate is personally, quote-unquote, pro-life and called the politicization of the Supreme Court, quote-unquote, shameful. Maryland Right to Life did not respond to WYPR's request for comment, but on their Facebook page, the organization reposted a quote from the Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch that reads, quote, We will let the Supreme Court speak for itself and wait for the court's official opinion. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion will remain illegal in Maryland. But Leslie Henry, a professor with the University of Maryland Francis King Carey School of Law, explains. Is the case that Justice Alito's decision was leaked from would not have a significant effect on Marylanders seeking abortion. What that analysis, I think, misses is the very large likelihood that nearby states will restrict, if not entirely prohibit, abortion. In this case, Maryland, she said, could become a destination state, one where people travel to obtain abortion care. That could affect Marylanders by decreasing the, um, well, decreasing the amount of access or at least the speed um, of access that is available now. Diane Horvath, an OBGYN who provides abortion services in Baltimore County, says the abortion care community has been preparing for this for decades. If this becomes the final decision for the court, it won't be something that we weren't expecting. So the on-the-ground groups and um, particularly organizations and states that have already had significant limitations on abortion access, on-the-ground groups have been planning for this for years. Horvath says she was at the conference for the National Abortion Federation last night when the news broke. And so it is devastating, and I, I want I don't want to minimize at all how bad this is. It's bad. Um, but it's also not something we didn't see coming, and it's not something we, we haven't been planning for. The Supreme Court is expected to deliver its official ruling on Roe v. Wade before it adjourns for summer recess in late June. For WYPR News, I'm Callan tansel Suddeth. Baltimore County's public schools are seeing an increase in students bullying each other, and teachers and administrators are getting caught in the crosshairs. WYPR's John Lee reports officials are struggling with what to do about violence in the schoolhouse. Hey! 
You're hearing a fight between two girls caught on camera in March in a hallway at Delaney High School. Maureen Burke, who has taught Spanish at Delaney for 24 years, says fights break out regularly. Recently, there were three in one day. You know, it never used to be this way. She says it used to be more like a handful of fights a year. Burke says two teachers tried to intervene to break up that fight, and both were injured. So it wasn't that these two students were attacking these two teachers. It's just that, unfortunately, these two teachers, in trying to break up the fight, ended up getting hurt and having to spend some time out of school. Christian Thomas is a senior at Eastern Technical High School and is the student member on the school board. He says when he visits schools and talks to students, he hears the same thing. I always ask students, uh, what is one thing that you would do to change your school if you could? And almost always the answer has been, I would make it feel safer or I would stop with the fighting and the bullying. So what's going on here? School officials describe a perfect storm. There's bullying and fighting for all to see on social media. Also, students lost important connections with each other and adults when school buildings were closed for COVID-19. More lost connections, educators leaving the profession, and the school system scrambling to fill hundreds of vacancies. Teacher Maureen Burke. There's definitely not enough of us. There's too many of them and not enough of us in terms of being able to to meet their needs. For example, the American School Counselor Association recommends a ratio of 250 students for each school counselor. Superintendent Daryl Williams says in the county that ratio is around 300 to 330 students per counselor. Williams expects to get 33 additional counselors in this coming fiscal year's county budget. And I'm pleased that we're getting closer and closer to that 250 student ratio uh, to counselor. And then there's the concern that the worst students are not getting appropriately punished. At a recent school board meeting, Cynthia Koenig said her child, who goes to Perry Hall Middle School, was attacked on a school bus. She says the attacker received a two-day suspension. A two-day suspension for violently stomping my child's head into the bus floor, which resulted in a large bloody head laceration and a concussion. School system spokesman Charles Herndon would not confirm the suspension, saying they are prohibited from disclosing disciplinary action. Billy Burke, who heads the Union for Principals and Administrators, says data shows that minorities and special ed students are disproportionately kicked out. So state law makes it tougher for all students to get lengthy suspensions and expulsions. I think there's probably some solution in, in how we expand alternative schools. I think there is some solution in how we expand the opportunities for online learning. Superintendent Williams says they are handing out suspensions when appropriate. Williams adds they are taking steps to make schools safer. Besides the new counselors, many of the county schools will be getting student safety assistance. To be the first group to interface with kids who may be having difficulties like de-escalating a situation, a potential fight. There also will be four new floater positions for the school resource officers program. Those officers will respond to schools where trouble is brewing. John Lee, WIPR News. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan hansel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamila Krempel, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening.